Welcome to part two of the GFT podcast on AI. I'm Simon Thompson, and I run the AI Center of Excellence for GFT in the UK. And again, I'm very pleased to be joined today by Gonzalo and Craig. You know, let's start with Gonzalo. What's what's derailing us? What's stopping us from getting at value uh, in these uh, these exciting projects just now? So probably uh, a, a lot of uh, lack of understanding. That's that's something important because somehow customers many times they don't believe of the possibilities and the possibilities of uh, machine learning algorithms. All other times, I would say is again the the fear of the different regulations how they could apply to to the systems if you use machine learning. So if you have to, as I said before, if you have to guarantee the explainability of, of an algorithm because uh, GDPR is, is requiring you to do that uh, or other regulations in different parts of the world. If you don't guarantee that you can solve that, um, that's that's going to affect uh, your, your project. Uh, fortunately, in this case, we have an alternative uh, with a partner that uh, helps uh, develop models that are very easy to explain. But uh, in the general case, this is a very difficult thing to do. And... Um, I think that the hardest part of AI projects uh, is is going to production. The POC works uh, really, really well, and going into production and dealing with the complexities that big customers have is it's a, a, a difficult task. Sometimes it's uh, daunting, and, and projects face many, many risks in uh, in that part. Sure, I think that's something everybody who's done it for real has faced. Um, Craig, are you seeing the same derailers or anything different? Yeah, slightly different. I mean, every I mean, what I see is based upon the clients we're going after, so it's not holistic across, you know, in, in general, I should say. However, on the explainability to what uh, Gonzalo was talking about, we actually are engaging with some clients right now where we're building that explainability in. I've been talking about streaming platforms for quite a few years. And really what streaming has allowed us to do is to real uh, to bring in lots of different types of data unstructured as well as structured and due to the compute and the cloud uh, the benefits of the cloud we're able to run ai algorithms in real time now one of the things as you move towards that you're creating these analytic as well as data pipelines and part of that really drives you to say, how can I automate everything here? So there's no back office activity of trying to interpret models results anymore. And what we're doing with clients, and this is one client I'm thinking of specifically, we're using NLP and uh, the output of the algorithms to join together and create that explanation. So we literally take, say, as an example, if you're thinking about a neural network, we take the weights, we associate the weights with the the accord, you know, the drivers uh, that uh, are in the algo. We link those drivers back to the unstructured data, and because the unstructured data, typically, obviously, text in this sense, uh, is actually from things like news events or social news media feeds, we can actually construct sentences and explanations. So you get this platform that actually is doing these very sophisticated. Uh, analytics, running these very sophisticated analytics, where it's breaking down complex data, putting it 
into the rudimentary uh, algorithms. It's coming out with the output, and then we reconstruct the explanation of that. So it's, to say the least, it's pretty cool. I mean, we are literally on the cutting edge, and this is, you know, this is the stuff that makes it pretty exciting. So we are bridging that gap. And like Gonzalez said, it's regulation that's driving that, and it's appropriate. It's appropriate regulation. Now, we're, I'm talking about financial service customers as well as in industry customers as well. I think in general, moving away from the explanations, in general, the difficulties that companies have vary based upon their maturity or level of sophistication, depending on how many types of people they have in-house. So we have some customers that will say, okay, have you built this before for somebody like us? They have nobody inside in the house. They know that they inherently it's logical. They should trust these things now because there's a, a level of trust behind what they're seeing out in the marketplace. They're seeing other people using AI, ML, uh, to drive their businesses. And they're going, we'd like a piece of that. Uh, but have you done it before for somebody like us, right? They're very risk adverse. They want to see it proven in their industry. Then there's some others that we're working with, like Gonzalo mentioned about anywhere from predictive maintenance to uh, asset monitoring, asset tracking, uh, predicting predictions within logistics, supply chain, uh, identification of issues in the supply chain for predictive algorithms, et cetera, et cetera. And those organizations, they're saying, well, actually, I prefer you not to have done it for my competitors. I want you to come in and build this for us. We have a rudimentary understanding. We believe in this. We're going to invest in this. And we want you to build the differentiator. And what we find works really well is this is a huge transformation project at the heart of it. But how we step into that is it's baby steps, right? We're going to build you that prototype that actually demonstrates that and demonstrates that value. And we have one customer in the U.S. that essentially we started off, uh, they spent roughly for the first phase of four months, spent something like $600,000. However, on the first release of the MVP at week 10, we implemented uh, the first prototype. And within six weeks of that, that customer had saved a million dollars. By the end of the investment, uh, the first uh, first phase of four months, they'd saved over $2 million. We kept repeating that with this with them. And over a year, a little over a year, they've now saved $20 million. So their investment of, of roughly a, a couple of million has turned into a $20 million demonstrable revenue benefit. They've saved money in maintenance. They've saved money in operations. And to the extent now in the market, the they are now valued as, as a uh, the valuation of the company is higher. So they've also seen a valuation increase of roughly 200 million. So these companies are seeing that, well, wait a second. We know that we can actually, at the end of the day, drive better value into our business for our stakeholders. And so therefore, for we need to do this. One of the things I do find, though, is people will want you to come in. Companies will want you to come in, sophisticated companies, big companies. And they'll say, do this for us. We're going to start off with this project, but we don't want a POC. What we usually find sells better is the idea of building the prototype that will work, that something that we can put in, run in parallel to their production, prove it out, 
And then it could be shifted into production. And then we build upon that. So in a subtle manner, we're transforming their business. So these transformation projects have gone from $5 million up front over three years to small amounts of investment that demonstrate and deliver benefit. And then we build up to change their organization. And I'm going to pass back to Gonzalo because what this means is we're actively talking to companies where we're, it's called the connected enterprise or connected on uh, connected operations. Or one that I was working on with Gonzalo is the connected tractor, connected farm. But Gonzalo is actually driving a lot of this from a global perspective for GFT on the connected, uh, whatever you want to call it. I'll pass it to you, Gonzalo. So yeah, the connected connected operations, I think, is the the, the buzzword no, that we should use. No? But, but yes, I, I I guess that and and linking with this AI democratization idea, connected operations is is the first step to that. So basically, you need to be able to connect all the data to gather all the data from different sources, whether it's machines, sensors, or enterprise systems. And, and then on top of that, start building these insights, uh, applying machine learning algorithms to optimize uh, the, the process. And uh, as you were saying, in, in some of our customers, we are with these uh, connected operations and applying machine learning. On top of that, we are trying to significantly uh, reduces, uh, reduce costs of uh, uh, 1 billion that they have on, on, on a part of the process each year that is just uh, quality issues. And and if we can cut that by one third, the, the savings are huge. I mean, they're going to pay many, many times uh, the investment made in, in these machine learning algorithms. And and this is just the, the tip of, of the iceberg in, the, in these companies. So right now, what I believe we are doing is applying machine learning in, in these companies in a specific parts in specific problems, but eventually we will generalize this to all the aspects of, uh, of the daily activity of, of a company. And this is something that we will also do in, inside GFT and um, that we want to do for, for our customers. But uh, I think the opportunities that uh, machine learning provide to all the companies are, are basically amazing. It sounds, I mean, the, the connected operations concept sounds like something that just can't be ignored, really. Um, so just before we close, I guess uh, it would be good to ask, what what would be your wish for a change in AI technology and a message to everybody about what's going to happen next? Um, perhaps come to you, Gonzalo, what's, what, what's your, what would be your wish for, for something extra? Or uh, uh, and and your message to the the, the audience. I mean, my, my wish, if if I could like have three wishes around AI or two wishes, <laughs> the the short term wish would be to to have better techniques uh, for the explainability, so we can comply with uh, the different regulations, because that would really help uh, our work on the financial industry on, on on some specific topics that are very interesting for our customers. On uh, a longer term wish uh, around AI, uh, I would love to to see how AI evolves from, let's say, uh, replicating what uh, let's say all the living animals do. Like you know, visual inspection is a way of seeing, and basically we can see and understand what we see, but also can a mouse or or even an ant, you no. Know? 
to a more uh, symbolic uh, reasoning of of uh, machine learning systems that will really trigger new new advancements uh, more more powerful advancements so i think that's we are uh, in this in the earliest phases of ai i hope that in the in the uh, during the following years we can see uh, new breakthroughs on on symbolic reasoning for machine learning no i think i think that's a big focus in academia isn't it and and something that would uh, change uh, how how the algorithms interacted with uh, with the world uh, craig have you got 2.781 wishes for ai technology I think in general, the research organizations there are doing an amazing job, right? From a uh, corporate point of view, we need to hook into that a little bit better. And and maybe it's it's kind of a, a mutual agreement of how to connect the way we see the world and the way the academia sees the world, which might be by in industry uh, expertise, something along those lines, where we can leverage that in a more efficient manner. But ultimately, no, I think academia needs to be left to drive things the way they do because we benefit from that. And we just need to be more knowledgeable and plug into that. Uh, Per similar to, from a slightly different perspective, but similar to Gonzalo, I would say we now need to start making tools, and this is more towards the suppliers. We now need to start making tools that enable the architects the software developers, the uh, process engineers, people like this to leverage AI in a simple, simpler manner, something very quick. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily, I think symbolic's a great idea, but um, I wouldn't necessarily drive it towards that. It's more the idea of, you know, object-oriented, drag and drop. Everybody thinks in data flows and analytic flows. And for us to be able to expedite the average uh, technical person that's implementing a project and expedite uh, an implementation of uh, an AI solution or AI strength or engine or whatever it may be in an easier manner. Um, You know, taking that democratization to the next step, next level. Well, we'd be out of a job though. I, I, I don't think I don't think we will be um, because I'm actually thinking about my colleagues. Right. Uh, it's not you know, what we do for clients is that we come in and we do the heavy lifting that you need to do once. Uh, we need to sometimes support them ongoing after that while they transition and they transform their organizations. We'll still need to be able to do that. But. We are, you know, our folks are always continuously adapting and continuously learning new skills. That's part of one of the strengths as a consultant. Um, What we need to be able to do better, though, is to allow us to start putting AI and ML as just by de facto as part of our normal toolkit. It's nothing exceptional anymore. Uh, we need to be able to have that so that the average, the average, and I say average, but uh, the average architect, the average, uh, you know, software developer, or I think more of the process people, even business process people, can drag and drop items into a palette and start driving using those AI algorithms to drive their 
you know, their operations, the business, whatever the problem is that they're trying to solve. And ultimately, I guess, I'm, let's take audio transcription. It's the idea that a business person who understands their surveillance techniques in within an organization, just using an example, and they know that they need to monitor calls, traders, something along those lines, that they could drop something in very quickly into a pilot. Now, we, we already have these tools. We've had these tools in signal processing for 25 years, right? They're object-oriented, drag and drop, and they essentially create a data flow or an analytic flow. We need to bring those more advanced techniques, uh, vision, uh, audio transcription, hooking into these different IoT devices. We need to bring that into a place. And I think some of the vendors are going towards that. I just like to see it taken a bit further uh, so that we can get our, our teams and our pods um, to, in a very agile manner, deliver these solutions very rapidly. It's a powerful vision. I think it's something we, you know, I guess we already do want to see that happen because that's going to uh, enable us to get on and, and focus on the real problems. Before we finish, Gonzalo, would you like a, a final word? So, I mean, my, my final word is that for the 2021 in, in DFT, we are really focused on AI uh, on the different countries. We will continue staying uh, up to the latest technologies and and we will work also a lot on training more and more people both uh, on the hardcore ai topics but also on these uh, machine learning apis that for some common tasks make this kind of a, a commodity that we can integrate in many more projects that we did in the, in the past i'd like to say thank you very much to gonzalo and craig for joining us today Maybe the next podcast will tackle the AI ops and AI engineering challenges that we talked about today. I'm looking forward to further insights and discussions. So thank you very much once again. <laughs>